Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Welcome everybody joining us at all of our Christ Fellowship locations, everybody at Gardens, everybody uh, joining us online today. Special shout out to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces joining with us on this Christmas week as we celebrate this month together. Uh, Before we jump into the message, every year about this time of the year, uh, as your pastors, we want to remind you that you don't have to go crazy at Christmas. Yes. You don't have to get sucked into the craziness and the chaos of the season, right? Right, that's so true. You know, several years back, we started challenging ourselves as a church family that, that we were going to spend less so that we could give more yeah. to people who need it the most. That, that we would slow down long enough that we could actually enter into the Christmas story and be a part of, of what the scripture talks about when it talks about carrying this good news of great joy to all people. And it's so easy to get caught up in all the preparations and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. and what we want you to hear is that, that more important than making sure that you get those Christmas lights up, yeah. it's more important that, that we, God's people, are the light to the world in this season when when people need light, when the world is so dark that we're going to be the light to our coworkers and to to our families and and to our communities. And and, and that's why we gave you guys these invitations, that this could be an invitation that could change someone's life. And we don't want you to miss out on the awe and the wonder of keeping Jesus at the center of his story and doing it his way. Yeah, now we recognize that Christmas does get crazy. All you gotta do is get on I-95 and get stuck in that traffic right now. Help us, Jesus. That is real. Real struggle is real. Or you're at the mall trying to face these crowds to just buy one toy you got to get. Or you're trying to drag your kids all around to the lighting of every Christmas tree and every celebration in downtown and everything going on. Or you got to capture the the perfect Christmas card so you can send that one. Right? We've all been there, right? Christmas, we know can get crazy. Yeah, it gets crazy. You know, I was reading a survey this week and it said that people deal with anxiety and stress more in this season than in any other time of the year. As a matter of fact, it said 59% of people, they define this season as chaotic and that they're just trying to get through it. And 47% of people wish that they could just skip Christmas. And the most wonderful time of the year has become the most stressful time of the year. And I I think it's really ironic, but I also think it's strategic that in the season that we are celebrating the greatest gift that was ever given, the enemy of our soul is working overtime to take from us the very thing that Jesus came to give us, right? I mean, think about it just for a minute. When when the angels appeared to the shepherds to, to pronounce Jesus' birth, what did they say? They say that Jesus will bring peace on earth and goodwill for men. And when the prophets foretold who Jesus would be, they called him a prince of peace. Yeah, that's, that's found, that prophetic um, uh, prophecy about Jesus was found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It's very familiar. Let me read it to you. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince 
of peace and of the increase of his government or his rule and of his peace, say it with me, there will be no end. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about how this prophecy is personal for you? Because it says, for unto us, a child is born. Unto, Unto you and me, a son is given. So this prophecy is actually very personal because Jesus is actually personal. God gave his son, not to the world, but to you and you and me. So that means Jesus is for us. Jesus is, is with us. And then specifically the prophet Isaiah declares these four names to help us understand who Jesus, the Messiah wants to be in our life. And the first thing he says is he will be your wonderful counselor. So think about, think about what a counselor does. A counselor is somebody you talk to Someone that you can go to, you can share your, your problems, your needs, your worries, your concerns. And what do they do? They, they listen and then they give you advice to know how to take a step forward. And so he's saying, this one who's coming, this Jesus who we have, is a wonderful counselor. Right. Now that doesn't mean he's just good at what he does. Right. That, that wonderful actually means, it be transfer, uh, translated as a wonder of counselor, and it speaks of the supernatural So he's actually this supernatural counselor that gives us supernatural counsel, no matter what you might be facing. Yeah, so if you need some direction today, and maybe there's there's a decision that you have to make for your future, and you don't know the answer, he does. He's a wonderful counselor, and he's so wonderful, he wants to tell you all about it. That's who he is. And it goes on to say that that he is a mighty God. And that word mighty isn't just a throwaway adjective that that means great or awesome. That that word is actually translated that he is our warrior God, that he is our champion, that he is championing us, that he is fighting for you, and that he wants you to have victory in every area of your life. That's who he is. That's right. And then Isaiah says he's going to be our everlasting father. And I remember as a kid thinking, are we talking about God the father or are we talking about Jesus in this passage? But that phrase actually is better interpreted as the father of eternity. Everlasting father actually means father of eternity. Think about what a father does. A father creates life, right? Jesus is the one who actually gives us, creates our eternal life. So he is the father of your eternity. He is the father of your everlasting life. In fact, we can't have everlasting life except for this Messiah who comes to bring us everlasting life. Yeah, and then it says that Jesus will be our prince of peace. And as, think about a prince. As a prince, he actually is the ruler of peace, which means he has the authority to deliver peace wherever he wants to deliver peace, right? And so this is where we're going to be landing for the next few weeks, because we're in this series called The Missing Peace. And I don't know if you've looked around lately, but... Our world, there, in our world, there is a void of peace. It is missing peace. But you and I, we need the peace that only Jesus can bring. See, we need peace in our relationships. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Right? So next week, we are actually going to be talking about how to get peace, how to find peace yeah. and bring peace into your relationships. You're welcome, right? Your Christmas dinner is going to be different this year if you show up to church next week, right? Pastor Jimmy and Irene are going to be preaching. It's going to be amazing. And then in week three, we're going to be talking about the fact that Jesus came to give us a peace of mind, right? This is what I know, is that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts, And there is a battle to win the war in our mind. And we're going to be talking about that battle because where there, when when there is no peace of mind, there cannot be peace 
in our lives. And so we don't want you to miss out on any aspect of the peace that the Prince of Peace came to, get, to give you, so don't miss out. Yeah, and we believe with all of our hearts that you can have this peace no matter what is happening around you. Because when you look at what's happening around us in the world, it's anything but peaceful. The war is still going on in, in Ukraine, the, the suffering of, of the women in Iran, the, the economic struggle that so many people are dealing with right here, right now, and we're getting ready to go back into a political season. Woo, right? So we need the peace of God. All of that can make us ask the question, is peace even possible? Did, did, did Jesus deliver on the promise of this prophecy? Because the world actually seems anything but peaceful. It actually seems like there's more problems and troubles going on in 2022 than there's been in a long, long time before. Yeah. Well, maybe the problem is the way we define peace. Maybe we've got the wrong definition of peace because a lot of people define peace as being the absence of struggles or it's all based on external situations. Like what's going on around me determines whether or not I have peace. Right. So if I don't have any problems, then I got peace. But that's not what Jesus said. In John chapter 16, he actually said this. He says, I have told you these things so that, what are those two words? In me, in me, you may have peace. In this world, right. you're not gonna have peace. You're gonna have trouble, but in me, yeah. you can have peace. And I got some good news for you. I've overcome the world. Yeah, and I think in our Western world, we, it, it, it is a problem with the definition of peace because a lot of times we define peace as the absence of war and conflict. Mm -hmm. But the biblical definition of peace, it, it's not, it doesn't mean the absence of chaos. It actually means this deeply entrenched presence of harmony and well-being even in the midst of chaos. Right. That's what this means. And, and the word peace in the Bible comes from the word, the Hebrew word shalom. And that word shalom actually means to make something whole. It's completion. And I love this part, that there's nothing missing and nothing broken. This is what Jesus came to give you, a life where there's nothing missing and there's nothing broken, right? Um, that no matter what is happening around us, that we can be whole. And I, when I think about this picture, nothing missing, nothing broken, it's, it's this picture of peace. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of this, this puzzle, right? And so this puzzle, you can see all the pieces are put together and it gives you this complete, whole, beautiful picture. But I think a lot of us are being robbed of our peace and we don't even know it. So I just want to ask you a question, just kind of frame the next few minutes together. And so my question is, 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 is there anything in your life right now that, that's broken? This is the thing that keeps you up at night and, and you're worried about it. Or maybe, maybe there's something missing. This is, this is the thing that's, that's caused you to have this emptiness or void in your heart or in your life. Maybe it's, a, it's, it's broken finances or a broken career, right? Maybe it's a breakup in a relationship. Maybe there's, there's something that, that you don't have that you're missing. It might be well-behaved children, right? If I just had well-behaved children, then I would have peace, right? Or maybe it's, it's a spouse, or, or it could be your, your good health or a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, deep intimate relationships, and you feel like because this peace is missing, that there's no way that I can have this full picture. Like, we feel like when these things are missing from our lives or broken, that, that this picture of peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, is, is so far out of our reach. 
But I have good news for you today. See, the prophecy of the Prince of Peace tells a very different story over your life, and it is a true story, and it's a story that we want to declare over you today. Yeah, and before Jesus came, they thought the Messiah would come to give political peace, temporary peace, temporary freedom. They actually thought he was going to overthrow the oppressors, the Roman oppressors, and establish an earthly kingdom, but Jesus came to establish something so much more important than something earthly. He came to establish something that was spiritual, that was eternal, that, we, that would affect way more people. Because see, if he had just come in that moment and established a temporary political right. peace, it would have been great for the Israelites all living around Jerusalem, but it soon would fade away. Instead, he came to establish a spiritual peace, a lasting peace, a spiritual kingdom that was not limited by time or location or only limited to a certain group of people, which means you and I on this very day, this Christmas, we get to tap into to this peace that he has for us. Yeah, when you study the life of Jesus, like peace was like the hallmark of his ministry. There were so many times when, when he healed someone, he would say, go in peace. Or he would walk into a room and say, peace be with you. Um, my peace I give to you. It, in Ephesians, it says that Jesus actually came to preach peace. And throughout the entire New Testament, we see Jesus speaking and declaring peace over three really specific areas of people's lives. And this is what we want to declare over you today as we enter into this Christmas season. Okay, so the first thing we see throughout the scriptures is Jesus speaking peace into our brokenness. And today he wants to speak peace into your brokenness. There's a story in the gospel of Luke chapter seven, where Jesus is at the home of this Pharisee and he's having, having dinner with them. And all of a sudden this woman comes busting into the dinner and she breaks open this jar of a very expensive perfume. And she begins to pour it out on Jesus's feet and, and dry his feet with her hair. And it says here that the, the Pharisees get all constipated or this woman coming in and messing up their dinner schedule. And, and Jesus interrupts their problems and says, listen, let me tell you a story. When somebody's been forgiven of much, they love much. This woman, she's had a lot going on in her life and she's got a lot to be thankful for. And when he's done rebuking the Pharisees for their judgment, Jesus looks at this woman with all of her past and all of her regret and all of her pain. And he says in verse 50, your faith has saved you. Say that with me out loud. Peace, go in peace. Say it again. Go in peace, go in peace. He told her, don't let your past haunt you anymore. Don't let what's happened to you. Don't let what you've done and where you've been, don't carry that, that, that with you anymore. Go in, in peace. Don't allow what's happened to you to stop what God's got waiting for you. And I really believe that's a word for somebody here today. That there's so, we have a tendency to hold on to our regrets and our shame and allow our past to keep us from God's peace. And we miss the peace that he's come to speak into our broken places. But Jesus has come to speak to that, specifically into our broken relationships with, with God um, and forgive our sins and, and restore and make everything new again. And what I love about this lady is she walked out of that little dinner party, uh, not only with the peace of God, but she had peace with God. Yeah because her sins had been forgiven. Yeah, but not all brokenness, right, um, that we deal with is from the pain of our past. You know, many of us, we deal with the pain of a broken heart because someone that we, we thought promised to be there forever <laughs> broke their promise. And so we have this broken heart 
and we're in pain, and sometimes we have this broken confidence or a broken spirit because of hurtful, mean, angry words spoken over us or spoken about us. And for many of you, you, you've been broken by the pain of abuse, and there's, there's a void in your heart, there's a void in your life, and you feel like you can't be whole because of what's been taken from you. And I want you to know that if that's you, I am so sorry, but I want you also to know that this promise from the Prince of Peace is for you. It is for, he wants to speak to every broken place in our lives. And you know, so many times when we, when we deal with a broken heart or, or the brokenness of abuse, what happens over time is that, is that it's very hard to forgive what happened in our past. Because we feel like by somehow forgiving, we've excused somebody from, from doing something really wrong. And what I want you to hear is, is that so many times, unforgiveness is actually the, the very thing that keeps us from the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Right. I really believe that we've seen this so much that unforgiveness is this weapon that the enemy uses to rob you of this abundant life that Jesus came yep. to give you, rob you of your peace. And I know that this is hard sometimes, and we kind of went deep really fast, but, but here's the deal, is that so many times that, that when we've been wronged and we've been broken by someone, that, that we think by, by saying, if I forgive them, then, then somehow I'm saying that, that it's okay what they did. And what I want you to hear is that forgiveness is not an excuse for somebody else's behavior. And what they did is not okay. It is not okay. But but this is what I need you to hear too, is that that so many times this unforgiveness that we have, that it becomes this chain that keeps us connected to the person and the pain of our past. And so when Jesus is saying to forgive as you've been forgiving, it's not what he wants from you, it's what he has for you. Right. It's also important to know that, that you're never going to feel like forgiving. I mean, I, I don't know any time where I've actually, I feel like forgiving today, no. right? But the forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's this choice that we make to release, to release judgment into the hands of God and to release the pain of our past. And when we release, when we open up our hands and release the pain of our past, he actually can release his freedom, his, his freedom, his peace into our lives. So this is what I want you to hear is that, that Jesus wants to speak peace into our brokenness, but we have to choose his word. We have to choose his word because he has more peace than we could ever possibly. We don't want you to miss out on one more day, yeah. one sleepless night, one yeah. more day of peace. And as we were praying um, about this message, we really believe that this weekend and over these next couple of weeks, that Jesus is going to begin to speak peace into those broken things that right. you've carried with you for decades. Right. There's been things that have been broken in your life, and even this day, today, you're going to see peace and restoration and wholeness come. Nothing missing, nothing broken in Jesus' name. Now, the second area that we see Jesus speaking peace into people's lives, it'd be hard to study uh, the Prince of Peace without understanding the fact that Jesus speaks peace into our storms. The storms that we go through in life, he is the peace speaker. And there's story after story we could look at. One is found in Mark chapter four when the disciples were in a boat crossing over the Sea of Galilee and out of nowhere, the storm whips up and Jesus is in the back sleeping. This is what it says. Uh, Soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. That's pretty bad. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teach don't you care that we're going to drown? And then Jesus woke up, 
He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, say with me, peace, be still. And suddenly, instantly, the wind stopped and it was completely still. So here's what I know from my own personal life and from praying with so many of you, storms in life can come out of nowhere. Careless words spoken, somebody did something and all of a sudden you're in a relationship storm, right? Get a bad doctor's report, all of a sudden, the emotion of fear and worry just seem to be swirling around you, dealing with problems at the office or problems with your kids, and it think, you think you're going to go under, right? Yep. And if you're anything like me, you have prayed that same prayer that the disciples prayed, Jesus, don't you care that I'm going to die? Don't you care about me and what I'm going through, right? If somebody, I heard somebody once say that either, what is it, you're going into a storm, yep. you're either coming out of a storm, or you're stuck in the middle of a storm, right? Merry Christmas. That's our word yeah. to you today. So. Yeah. <laughs> but Jesus speaks to our storms. And when he spoke, peace be still, he spoke those words. It was a miracle to testify to his power. But what happened in that moment was so much greater than just Jesus being this supernatural storm stopper. And this is what I want you to hear. Because I saw something in the scripture that I'd never seen before when I was studying it. See, Jesus knew that they were gonna make it to the other side. Right. Even though they were in a storm. That's why he was asleep. He was fine, right? So they were gonna make it to the other side. Jesus' purpose had not been fulfilled. See, Jesus did not calm the storm because they were in danger. He calmed the storm to prove a point. Because in that moment, what the disciples got to see something about Jesus that they had not seen before they were in a storm with him. Right. They, they got to know something about him before, that they didn't know before, that they knew because of the storm that they went through together. Right. And whatever storm you're in right now, I want you to know that there is something that Jesus wants to show you, who he is, yeah. the power that he has, that you would not find any other way, you wouldn't experience any other way unless you were in the storm with Jesus. See, when, when, the, when the sea was completely calm, it says in verse 41, it says, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Yeah. Well, the seas are calm, so why were they terrified? Who is this man, they said, even the wind and the waves obey him. Yeah. See, the disciples were good Jewish boys who went to Hebrew school, so they would have been very well-versed on the fact, a deep history of a God from starting in the book of Genesis, right, that had power and authority and dominion even over the forces of nature. So when it says that they were terrified, the sea was calm, but they were terrified, this was because they knew in that moment that they were face-to-face with the almighty yes. living God that had yes. power and dominion. Yes. This, this was the first time they had that revelation. Right. And he was, what he was doing in that moment, he was letting them know. He was letting them know that, that you don't have to be in fear, right? You don't have to doubt whether I can handle this situation. You can trust me. See, there were two storms going on in that moment. Jesus didn't just speak to the thunder and lightning going on on the outside. He was speaking to the storm of fear yep. and anxiety yep. and worry that was going on on the inside. And, and in that moment, the disciples got this greater revelation of who Jesus was and what he could do. And this is the revelation that we need. Because I know that over these last several years, we've been, we've been walking through storm after storm. 
right? We've been walking through, I mean, it feels like the storms have just accelerated and, and we've been walking through cultural storms, political storms, financial crisis. And then for many of you, the impact of those storms and, and the sickness that you've been walking through, financial difficulties you've been walking through in your personal lives. And it seems like we can't even catch our breath. And so many of these external storms can actually cause an internal storm of worry and fear. And when, when we start to see what's going on out there, it's hard to, to believe that God's going to do what he said he would do. And we start to have fears about our future. Is everything going to be okay? And what I want you to hear, we're going to talk a lot about this in week three, but what I want you to hear today, if you're in a storm, is that God is for you. He is with you. Jesus is in the boat with you, and he is going to see you through to the other side. And he wants, I, I believe that in this storm, he wants to give you a revelation of not only his power, but his presence and his purpose over your life. And you may not get the answers that you want when you want them. And that's how a lot of times it is in a storm. And I know for me, when I've been walking through storms, and we've been through quite a few, even in the last few years, that it can seem like our, our lives are chaotic. And that it's like this big jumbled mess of puzzle pieces, right? And, and we don't even see how any of this fits together. But have you ever tried to put together a puzzle all the thousands of pieces without actually having the picture? See, the picture is your guide. And what I want you to know is even when you don't have the full picture, Jesus does. He is your guide. He wants to guide you through this storm. He sees the beginning from the end. He sees how he's working all things together for his plan, for your peace, for his purpose. This is the peace and he is the guide and you can trust him. And when you cannot trace his hand, you can always trust that he is for you. He, he has the big picture, and you can trust him. He still yep. speaks to storms. Yes, and I believe that is a word for somebody today, because right now it does look like your life is a pile of a thousand pieces all sitting there, but Jesus sees the big picture. You can trust him today. Okay, the last uh, place that we see Jesus in the scripture speaking peace is peace over our purpose. He speaks peace into and over your purpose. Now, where we see this is in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. It's after the crucifixion of Jesus, and the disciples are hiding out scared because they haven't seen, some of them haven't seen Jesus yet. They're, they're, they're scared for their lives. They think that the, the Roman soldiers are going to come for them next. And they're in this room, doors are locked, and all of a sudden Jesus comes through the door, out through the wall without even opening, freaks them out. And he says to them, peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them his his wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, notice he said it twice. So far, it's the only thing he said to them that we know. Peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So get the picture. These guys that Jesus called to be world changers were hiding out in an upper room, scared, unable to do what they were called to do, unable to be who they were purposed to be. So the one thing that Jesus speaks over them is what? Peace. I'm going to speak peace over you. And it was a peace, I don't want you to miss this, directly that was connected to their purpose. Look at that verse again in 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I want you to see that that is one continuous thought. 
in the original writing, there wouldn't have been a period after peace be with you, period. Yeah. It would have been peace be with you as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. It, it's, 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 it's everything. It's, it's this peace is actually content, can, it actually connects directly to I am sending you. I have a purpose on your life. And what I've, what I've realized is that without the peace of God, we cannot fulfill the purpose of God right. in our lives. If you don't have peace with God, you don't yeah. have the peace of God, you don't have peace in your life, yeah. you can't be a carrier of the gospel yeah. of peace that he wants us to. You gotta receive the peace so that you can give the peace away. Yeah, so Jesus enters the room and says, peace be with you. And in the very next verse, before he sends them out, Todd, you, you read this, he says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit of peace. Yeah. Right? You can't have a real, lasting, deep peace unless you have a personal encounter with the Holy Come Spirit on. of peace. We're talking about this ongoing relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, when Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth, right, and he had his disciples around him, he actually said, it's going to be better if I leave yep. because I'm actually going to give you a peace that's not going to be limited to one location, but it's going to be distributed into the hearts of people, into a holy nation, right? And so this was the peace he wanted to leave, and he said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. The peace he's talking about, is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He is your peace. And without him, you can't have peace. Right. And so I asked you at the beginning what was missing or what was broken. And what I want you to hear is the, the missing piece is not more money, right. a better job or career. Yep. It's not even your health or the answer to the prayer that you've been praying. Right. The missing piece to your peace is the Holy Spirit. Yes. He is the missing piece, his presence, his power. And as the Prince of Peace, he came again to deliver us peace with God that we get at the moment of salvation when we get forgiveness of our sins, right? And we enter into a relationship, we have peace with God. But if we think that's all there is to our salvation, we are selling the gift of salvation very short. Yes, he are. did not only give us the gift of peace with God, he gave us the gift of the peace of God right. that lives and dwells in us, that through the Holy Spirit that we can have his presence, his power, no matter what goes on around us. And you know, this week I was, I was reading a story that some of you may have heard before, and, and it's about a, a man named Horatio Spafford. And, and back in 1871, he was a very successful businessman. And in the Great Chicago Fire, he lost his entire fortune. And in that same season, he lost his precious four-year-old son. And so he decided that he was going to take his family on a vacation just to get, just to get a little change of, of environment and, and to receive some peace. And so he, he sent his four daughters and his wife ahead of him across the ocean to go to England, and he stayed behind. And, and somewhere across the Atlantic Ocean, there was a terrible storm and a collision, and the boat sunk. And all, all four of his daughters were lost. Only his wife survived. And so as soon as Horatio heard this, he, he got on a boat and headed to England. But, but at, the, at the point where the accident actually happened, the, the captain came and got him. And he stood on the deck and, and he reflected and grieved over that place where he had lost his four precious daughters. But in that moment, he wrote these words. He said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, 
when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And this kind of peace just seems impossible. It just seems unfathomable, but it's available. It is. And this song has actually become a testimony of peace. And that the power of the word testimony is that the, the translation in the Hebrew of the word testimony means God will do it again. Mm. And this song is a testimony. And I've seen this testimony over and over again. I remember when Todd and I were very young youth pastors and we lost our precious 16-year-old girl, Nicole, very suddenly. In, 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 and she died. And I remember being at the funeral and, and her dad, Mike, singing it is well with my soul. And it, that marked us. It marked us. And I, I was talking to someone just this week, and it's a very dear friend of mine who's, who's been married for the last 50, over 50 years, and, and her husband just got a terrible doctor's report. And as we were talking, I was asking her how she was doing. She said, Julie, my thoughts are going a little crazy right now because I'm, I'm dealing with the, the, the potential of losing the love of my life. But I want you to know it is well with my soul. So this peace is, is the supernatural peace. It's not the absence of pain or heartache. It's actually the presence of his spirit in our deepest pain and, and our most treacherous heartache. He is there. And that's the peace that the Prince of Peace came to give. And, and this Christmas, we want you to have your own testimony of peace. But the only way that you can have a testimony of peace is you have to encounter the person of peace, the Holy Spirit of peace. We, we don't want you to, to miss what could be the greatest Christmas gift that God wants to give you this year is this encounter with the Holy Spirit that you would know him like maybe you've never known him before. So this isn't the end of the message. This is actually the whole point of the message. We're going to take some time together right now at all our locations and the worship teams are going to come and the prayer teams are going to come to the front and we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you today. Whether you respond in your seat or you come forward for prayer, maybe some of you, you're going, man, I'm, I'm missing I'm missing something and I've been trying to fill it with different things that I could chase after in this world, but I'm realizing today it's that I need the Holy Spirit. I need to invite him into every part of my life to fill up what's missing. Some of you have something that's been broken in your life by some past pain or hurt. And today he wants to heal that. He wants to speak peace into that brokenness. And we're going to pray with you for that. Or maybe there's an addiction that you've been trying to hide and cover up, but you know it is destroying your inner peace. And today, in agreement and prayer, we're going to speak peace over that. Or maybe you just have a problem that you need peace spoken into, and we're going to pray with you about that, whatever that might be. Maybe, maybe you're here and you, you don't have peace with God. And you're never going to experience the peace of God unless you have peace with God. And so you need to come and say, listen, I just, I need to make peace with God today. We're going to, we're going to pray with you with that. So I'm going to ask our teams at all locations to get ready and everybody to hold steady in this time. Whether you respond at your seat or you respond by coming forward, let's take time to respond and embrace everything that the spirit of peace, the Holy Spirit wants to give us this Christmas. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, that you gave us your Holy Spirit to be the spirit of peace in our life. 
And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill every person here today with your peace and your presence, that as we walk through this season that is typically very chaotic and many people going through some pretty bad storms, that today, even when, when sea billows roll, that we can say it is well with our soul because we experience peace from heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.